Hey, welcome back to Real Talk. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. I have a question for you. On average, how many days of the year does a grizzly bear hibernate? 72. Not even close. <laughs> That's not Do funny. you know Elton John's very first US number one hit? Yellow Brick Road. Crocodile Rock. That's a great song. Just wanted to throw those at you. Yeah. I love, I love quick Q&As. Spell anti-disestablishmentarianism. No. I can't spell my name. <laughs> All right. So we're here to answer questions, right? Not random questions, though. Questions about what we've been talking about over the last couple weeks on mental health and anxiety and depression, all kinds of stuff. So should we get into it? Let's do it. And we're going to address the dinosaur in the room. I mean, that's the whole point, right? So we've invited a special guest. You may not know who she is, but you get to experience her creativity all the time. Jenny, the producer, is with us today. Yay, Yay Jenny. And she has taken all your questions and put them together so that we can answer them for you. So let's just jump into it. Jenny, what do you got from the people? All right, question number one. This was asked a lot. How can I fight anxiety, but especially in the moment? when I'm feeling anxious. Cool. So, I mean, I, I have something that just has helped me. As someone told me one time, he said, Brad, you gotta think about what you're thinking about. Meaning like I have control over my brain space mm -hmm. and I'm not a victim of what I'm thinking about. I have say in what I'm thinking about. And so what am I focusing on in that moment? Am I focusing on, and this is not just like it's going to make everything better immediately, but am I focusing on the things that are making me anxious or am I focusing on truth and good things? So I think about what I'm thinking about. That's good. So you're not fixated on the anxiety. Right. Because probably when I've gotten fixated on my anxiety, all that's done is thrown gas on my anxiety, yeah. like to f inflame it. So I start to, what I start to do is fixate on some truth of what God has said about me or towards me, and that really helps me kind of get out of an anxious moment. Mm -hmm. And I think both of us would say that inviting other people into our anxiety really helps, and it takes a lot of courage to do that. Yeah. But to say to somebody, hey, I'm I mean, we've done this for each other. It's like I'm really anxious right now right. about inviting other people into that is one way in the moment we can handle getting out of anxious thoughts. Do you guys like have any breathing exercises or anything that you do in the moment? Because in the moment, I think it's hard to think of scripture right away. So I have used a breathing app at times to help me just to breathe. There's apps you There's can get. There's an app get. for that? <laughs> There's there an, an app for app. my anxiety? There is, and it because and we've talked about this the entire time. Is there's so much connection to our physical, oh, spiritual, yeah, right. emotional, mental, and so if I can get control over my breathing, so there's apps that just help you take a deep breath mm -hmm. and help just pace that out. Mm -hmm. That's helped me. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Question number two: How do you encourage someone who is depressed but does not believe in Jesus? That's a good question because I think so often for someone who does believe in Jesus, we would just go to the truth of Jesus and remind them that they're loved by God and all those things, right? So kind of remove that sense of knowledge and how do you go at it? So, I mean, one of the things I would say is that even for a person who isn't a follower of Christ, there's good in their life because mm -hmm. God bestows good mm -hmm. on all of us. It's, it's called common grace, right? Yeah. He has given good to the entire world. So when we walk outside and we 
breathe fresh air. That's not just for a follower of Christ, that's for everybody. Yeah. When we look at creation and its beauty, that's for everybody. Relationships are for everybody. So there is good, there is good in the world that is available to everyone. Yeah. And so there is hope, right, in that sense. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, just common grace. I mean, just encouraging people to, to look at that. Is that what you would do? Is like yeah. To help somebody that's going through depression. to Remind look. them of a relationship, somebody they have who loves them and who they love. Yeah. You know? Probably good to talk about darkness. Like depression is often this feeling of being dark and alone. And if you feel dark and alone, I don't think you need to be a Christ follower to feel darkness and to know that feels really lousy and that coming into light. Mm-hmm. Is also something that is an analogy that would be true for someone who isn't a Christ follower, just maybe different, but hey, if you feel stuck in darkness, how do you find hope? You come into light. Right. And so what are ways that to walk towards light? That's And, and I, that's such a great a tool to point them to Jesus. But I think too, and sometimes we shy away from this with people, is like looking at someone who is not a Christ follower and saying to them, you know, I'm really gonna pray for you because mm. I believe prayer works yeah. and I believe that God, the universe hears us. And so I'm going to be praying for you because if you're stuck in darkness, I, I don't want you to feel that way. So I'm going to be asking God. And sometimes I've stopped and said, can I pray for you right now? Well, and I, that's what I was going to say is I might even, instead of saying, I'm going to pray for you, I might even ask them, can I pray for mm -hmm. you? Because it kind of invites them in mm -hmm. and almost no one is going to go, no, don't pray for me. Like, mm -hmm. Pretty much everyone is going to be like, sure. I mean, even if they're not a follower of Christ, they're going to go, yeah, pray for me. It's yeah. great. They take that as a sense of encouragement, and we do believe that prayer yeah, works. So absolutely. yeah, inviting them into it almost by saying, hey, can I pray for you? Yeah, yeah that could be really helpful. And honestly, or obviously we want to point people to Jesus, but when somebody's depressed, you can't just go, oh, you need Jesus, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's that's grating to them. That's, that's like yeah. shameful to them. Yeah. So to be able to point them to all the goodness of God that is around and that is available without like necessarily going right at it and going, hey, there's a guy named Jesus. Yeah, and probably stopping the thought or stopping our mouths, having enough self-control to, to be sensitive to the Spirit is the person ready to hear about Jesus because they may not be in that moment and shut your mouth. Don't be one of those dumb Christians that feels like you have to throw a verse at everything and pull out your gospel shotgun and blast them with truth. Yeah. It's like, no, be sensitive to the Spirit when they're and just love them and care for them in the middle of their darkness. And as the Spirit leads, then do share Jesus, yeah. of course. Yeah. Jenny, does that work? Yeah, yeah. So question number three, why does God allow mental illness? Wow, you guys really want to give us the easy questions, right? <laughs> like, why does God allow mental illness? I mean, it's in part, like, there's multiple things to that, right? I mean, part of it is just we live in a broken world mm -hmm. that is full of sin, that is decaying, that is... The Bible says even groaning for what's to come, mm -hmm. for goodness, for restoration. And so part of it is just we live in this world that is broken, that is full of um, physical illness, mental illness, emotional illness. And, and so in that sense, it's just part of the world. Some of it we've brought on ourselves. What part of it? What do we mean? Well, what do you mean? I mean, why would, why, why, in some ways, if you back up from the question behind the question, like why would God allow us to make these decisions? Yeah. Which the, the really, if you go deep into that, the answer is actually love because he mm -hmm. lets us make our own choices yeah. because God doesn't cram anything down our throat. He goes, hey, if you want it, th there comes a point where he just goes, okay, you can have it. Mm -hmm. And 
that's what we've done in this world, right? And so there are consequences of that. Going back to original sin, mm -hmm. you want to eat from the tree, eat from the tree. It's not what mm -hmm. I want for you. It's not good. Yeah. But if that's what you want, and that shattered what God had created. And yeah. so we're living in the ramifications of yeah. it. So the sort of domino effect, right, yeah. of years and years and years of humans making decisions to put us at the center of the universe, and God's loving enough to say, this is what you wanted. I, I think he's loving enough to also, that's why he provides Jesus. So he's loving enough for us to make the decisions yes, yes, and then loving enough well to said. give us Christ to be the remedy in the biggest, widest angle lens. And the hope, too, is that he's loving enough that one day he's going to make all things right and new. Yeah. And that may not seem like that's happening right now or right away, yeah. but he's going to make everything right and new because he loves us. The other part of that question is I often hear those kinds of questions, why does God allow? And it's asked in this very macro sense, but typically the person asking it is asking in a micro sense, yeah. why has God allowed this in my life? Yeah. And so like, if that's where the question is coming from, the answer is I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sorry, mm -hmm. but I know that God has a plan and I know that God has goodness in store and he's enough. So we can lean into him yep. when when we're struggling with mental illness, with anxiety, with depression. Like, I, I'm sorry that that's happening, but we have a choice to lean into God and believe that he's yep. good and that we can trust him. And just wanting to be the kind of voices that are looking at you too and saying, just because you're going through something that seems incredibly difficult. It doesn't mean that's a punishment from God. Right. It doesn't mean in any given situation that, that that's actually something that you, it's your fault. I mean, you've been, maybe, maybe your mental illness or depression or anxiety is because you've been abused mm -hmm. by someone. Right. You know, it's like things that you have no control over and God is allowing into your life, he's still loving, he's still kind, he still has a purpose for your life. And as you lean into him, you can discover that purpose and that peace. But to chase every bad thing that's happened to us, to something that I did or my parents did or their parents did, yeah. it's like, no, right. that's not true. Yeah. Producer Jenny, do we have time for one more? Yeah, let's do it. And you kind of already answered this question. So question number four was, what hope does a non-believer have if they're suicidal? I mean, that you have breath in your lungs means there's hope. The moment there's no breath in your lungs, that's the moment when there's no hope. So every moment you live with breath in your lungs, you have an opportunity because you have control over your mind, over your body, over the things you can do something about. You have the choice so to let me make just, a decision. Let me just push back on that, though, and say, okay, but every breath I take, I'm in physical pain. Mm -hmm. And no, I don't have control over my body because my body is failing me. How do I, so where's my hope then? If you have breath in your lungs, you have the ability to make a decision with any capacity you have yeah. to call out to God. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to provide peace and power to overcome whatever. Does it mean that you're going to suddenly be able, your physical body is going to be fully Healed in that moment? Not necessarily. Does it mean your mental illness is going to go away or your suicidal thoughts are going to dismiss? No. But if you have breath in your lungs, I think you have the opportunity to talk to your creator mm -hmm. in your mind and say, you made me, you know me, help me. Yeah. You made me, you know me, help me. 
And when you bring that to him, whoever you are, the God of the universe hears that, and he's going to respond. How he's going to respond? I don't know, but right. he hears you. He knows you. He wants to help you. Good answer. Good answer. So we took on a few questions. You have a lot more. We're going to do another edition of this uh, in the coming weeks, but this is your last chance to ask more questions. So on YouTube, on Instagram, by email, let us know if you have any more questions and we'll try and answer them. Do you know why a manhole cover is round? <laughs> See you next time on Real Talk.